0: Hi friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. I hope you are having and have had a lovely Memorial Day weekend. And that if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, That it's a fun, restful day with your people. I'm sure grateful for all those who sacrificed in order for us here in the States to have the freedoms that we do. We have got a great show in store for you today. But before we dive into the conversation, I want to take a moment to share about one of our incredible partners. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can get overwhelming, right? And when we don't deal with the things that feel overwhelming, it can lead us to get burned out and feeling unmotivated, helpless, trapped, and tired. For myself, one of the surefire ways I can tell that I'm feeling overwhelmed is when I think I'm getting enough sleep, but I still feel tired, you know? One of the ways we can guard against burnout is with therapy. I'm so, so grateful for how my counselor has helped me process overwhelming seasons over the years. It's honestly something I want everyone to get to experience. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under forty-eight hours, that sounds fun, friends. Get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com. That sounds fun. That's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com. That sounds fun. And today on the show, I get to talk with my sweet friend Katie Offerman. She's one of the up-and-comers in country music that I just know y'all are gonna go crazy over. She's a Texas native has been playing, like, every instrument, including the accordion since she was a kid. Her debut track, "Happy Land," Trailer Park, is out now, as well as her new song, Don't Do It in Texas, y'all. It's such a great song. Both of them are. I just love her. She's also a married woman now, too. You'll hear this, but we recorded this conversation a couple of days before her wedding. It was so beautiful. Y'all may have seen the pictures. I was so honored to get to officiate her wedding to my friend Colby. I mean, it was, like, Oh, so special. I'm just over the moon excited for y'all to get to know her and her music. So here's my conversation with Katie Offerman. Katie, please start. You just have to start that there is a bird. Burnt... It is your wedding week. <laughs>
1: And there's a bird in your house? There's a bird in my house. Haiti. Um, last night we were heading to dinner. Um, we are going to a great new spot. Lyra. Lyra. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's in East Nashville. Got to go. If you go, get the big how hummus, the hummus platter. That's what I was going to say. The, the hummus? hummus. Oh, my gosh. They really? do wood-fired oven pita. So a <gasps> yes. gal is in there. Instead of pizza, it's just the pita bread. Wow. And it is melt in your mouth. Make sure to get the large portion because there's a small and a large, and the large is just, it's everything you need. Do they put stuff in it? Yes. Oh, what else is it? It is loaded. I don't even know, but I loved it. It was like, um, homemade falafel, but it was like really crispy. Yeah, there was like these pickled turnips, which I wouldn't think I'd be okay. into, but it tasted like a potato, so yeah. I was super into it. Um, <laughs> anything, anything like a potato, right? Um, you know, need some of those pre-wedding carbs. And, right. Uh, it was just we gotta cool. be ready for Sunday. Glorious. Yeah. I know, hundred <laughs> percent. That's right. We gotta we gotta really get our carbs. Yeah, up. Carb exactly. Up before we do Sunday. Um, but anyway, so I was supposed to be with my parents there because they're in town. You know, because the wedding's coming up. And Colby and I are waiting at the restaurant, and I'm just like, where are my parents? You know, they're yeah. always up to something. If my dad's involved, and it's probably just like a three-ring circus. Yeah. And um, I get a notification on my ring camera. And it was like, familiar face at your door. And I pull it up, and I'm like, what are they doing? And it's them and all the neighbors circled down this tree. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like what are we doing? Because I knew there had been this bird incident, like early in the day. And my mom was like, "Your dad almost broke his neck. He climbed oh up a gosh. tree and all this stuff." And I'm like, "That's Your all dad I need. climbed the tree, all the way up the tree. He oh, had a stepladder. and he was cl- hanging from a limb." But there's nothing my dad can't do. Yeah. He's just that kind of guy. But my mom was like, that's the last thing we need is like, you paralyze before the wedding. (laughs) And so anyway, he's just quite the risk taker. So anyway, they they finally get get to dinner and um, they're like, we saved a bird and the neighbor took it. We need to pick up some ground beef for it. And. Whatever. So there were three so baby birds. Three baby birds. Two of them didn't make it. Two of them didn't make it, so my mom was super depressed. She's in a really <laughs> dark place last night, and she was. I mean, she just, she barely looked up. She was just like, I'm really stressed. Did about she
0: the-. come to eat with y'all? She did, okay. but she
1: didn't want to. I called her on the phone. She was, like, so emotional about it. She wasn't crying. She was just in a dark place, yeah. and, <laughs> and I'm like, I really do feel for animals, but, I mean, obviously I'm a super big animal person, but I'm like, all right, at the end of the day, there's not much we can do about it. You yeah. know, it would hurt more obviously if it was a dog or something for me, but you know, of course we save this bird. So the neighbor took it while we were dinner and we come back and, um, she's like, I've got it. You know, I'll sleep with it tonight. So the neighbor slept with the bird, not in her bed, but next to her. Maybe bed. And never know. <laughs> and, um, and so this morning the neighbor texted me and was like, I called every wildlife place in town and nobody will take it. And so can I just drop it off? Cause I have a busy day. And I'm like, yeah, I've got nothing going on, so right, just, right. you know, I'm, I'm doing nothing, you know, I'm not getting married, I'm not releasing music, it's fine, just right, bring a bird. Right. Um, so, keep in mind, we have four chihuahuas and a Frenchie oh, um, at our Oh, my house. gosh, that's right, your parents brought so all their dogs. So, how can we not get the bird killed in yes, another way? Yes, yes. So, anyway, needless to say, my mom is a little stressed right now. She is just camped out the house. She is monitoring the bird. She's monitoring the dogs. And my dad and I are in charge of everything else. I was like, Mom, why don't you just stay home today? Did they drive from Texas Um, for the wedding? Yeah, they did. And they don't drive unless they have the dogs. So they have four chihuahuas, and they're just, they bite your heels. They're like anything you imagine in a chihuahua. But it's just really special because... They really are the coolest and best parents yeah. in the whole world. And you're world. an only child. Only child. So those are, like, your people. <laughs> you and them forever. My best friends. I mean, sometimes I don't know if, you know, anybody else has ever felt this way. I mean, I'm sure because it's just human nature. But I think sometimes I'll, I'll just go in my mind of, like, God, I just I can't imagine a life without them, yeah. you know? And I picture what that will look like one day. And I know you end up adjusting, but it's, like, they're everything to me, yeah. you know? And it's also just you know interesting over the years especially being an only child it's just like we are each other's people but at some point when you get older I feel like you know life kind of goes full circle and you start taking care of them Mm -hmm. and you realize that they're not superheroes they are you know and and like I know if I was lost in China my dad would come find me he is that kind of dad totally and I know that whatever I did whatever I did wrong whatever great thing I did like my mom would be there it wouldn't matter you know she's so unconditional but they're not perfect people. Sure. You know? And it's like interesting realizing how we're all just human and we're all trying and to And now you're it all out. adults. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I feel like not much has changed in my right. brain since I was like 18. Right. You know? I don't know if you feel that way, <laughs> yes, but I'm like, I do. when do you really feel like you're getting older? Like now I'll put on a shirt yeah. in a weird way yeah. and be like, okay, well, there just went my shoulder for about a week, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you feel old like physically. Right. Um, but your brain is like, am like, I 17? Yeah, yes. I thought when you, I'm 28 now, and I thought that when you got close to 30, that that was like a monumental mm-hmm. age that you mm-hmm. would have everything figured out. And I think I'm, I've am just begun, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I think that's kind of an interesting feeling of like, do you ever feel like you've grown up? You know? Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know either.
1: Uh, I hope i hope you don't, you know, because maybe that'll just keep you young the rest yeah. of your life. You know? What would you, I don't know this answer, what hmm. would you be doing if you weren't doing country music? Oh, man. My mom probably wishes I had a really stable job. Yeah. <laughs> a good old nine to five. Um, you know, if I had to do something else, I would probably do something in, well, another hard business. Something involving food. You know, oh, really? I, just, I love to cook. I love to eat. You're a very my, good cook. <laughs> thank you for eating my food. It makes me so happy when you make me dinner. <laughs> I love it because I always cook, like, 20 servings for me and Colby. So and good. Going, Why are you doing this? Yeah. i like, I like a good presentation, tons <laughs> of food and everything. Um I don't know. I think it'd be so awesome to, like, have a restaurant or write a food blog or do, like, a travel channel show of going out and trying food and things like that. Otherwise, I would probably want to do hair and makeup.
0: Yeah. It's It's just creative. It's interesting because what I've learned about you in friendship is you like to serve people. I do. But that actually also plays out in your music. Like, it feels like you give us things in your music. So it's kind of like you've got— One gift that you found a bunch of ways to, or one calling that you found a bunch of ways to put it out into the world.
1: Well, thanks. That means a lot. I think for me, like, you know, there's a lot of feel good music out there. And yeah, I mean, some of my songs have more subs- substance than others. But for me, I-, I want there to be meaning in whatever I do. Yeah. And I think that, like, I want to be a friend to people that maybe weren't a friend to me growing up. You know, like, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with a ton of friends was super unpopular, you know, grew up on a ranch. Only child was homeschooled in the tack room of our barn. Like, not on purpose, but just kind of isolated, you know. Like, the animals were, like, my best friends. And, um I mean, I definitely had days, This not to sound emo, but definitely, like, lonely days, yeah, you know, where course. you're kind of like, man, this kind of stinks, you know. Like, I would sign up. My parents always gave me the option of going to real school. But every time I thought about sacrificing the time that I had for my music, I would rethink. And I love that they gave me that choice. Yeah. You know, because I think that made me feel like ah, like I really have to think about this, you know. How
0: old were you when you knew you wanted to do music like as a career? Um,
1: well, I started playing music when I was four. Just oh, played, I'm gonna played, make played you piano. tell about
0: that. Um, <laughs> about what you, kind of music you used to play.
1: So I got into playing. Well, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Another reason why I was unpopular was that I played polka music. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like <laughs> big time famous in
0: Texas polka music. Man, you yes. know, I
1: grew up in New Brothels, Texas, and we have this festival called Wurstfest. Fest, and it is it's just one of America's largest German festivals. We, are, we also have America's largest water park. So <gasps> I don't know if it's a lie. Yes, we do. The is last so time fun? I, well, it wasn't, <laughs> it was fun until the last time I went, I lost my bathing suit. And oh. I haven't <laughs> gone back since. So it was like in an uncomfortable, like 13. Oh, it's just like no. old enough to know and like, just yes. let's get out here Did you fast. ever find it?
0: Yeah, I it got it back on. Off. Great. Okay. Well, they
1: have this thing called the boogie bond. Uh-huh. And it is like, it's basically just a man-made way to end up nude. Like there's no other way to say it. It's okay. like, it is pushing water against you. You're supposed oh. to surf.
0: But oh, when yeah. water
1: is shooting at like 100 miles an hour up no. your top, there's no. just... So the top came up and the oh. and the bottom came down and it was just like I need to okay. we need to leave ASAP. You know, and I'm with my dad and my best friend. They were just up there like, get the suit back on. Oh, you no, know, okay. and you're like, Oh no, oh no. So I haven't been back since. I'm a really okay. big fan of the river. Right, um, right. We have the Comal River there, and that is just way more my jam. Yeah. But yeah, you know, polka music is just really big down there because it's a German town. My family's German. My dad used to speak German actually. And what instrument did you play in a polka band? Well, fiddle fiddle is just was always paid the bills up until oh, okay. recent. And so I always played fiddle, but I was playing accordion. And that is how I met Terry Kavanaugh. He was my accordion teacher and he had just lost his fiddle player uh-huh. and his like touring schmaltzy duo, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Terry, I mean, what a he's a peculiar man. Uh-huh. He's been playing polka music his entire life. He is like 65, single. You know, I mean, just that has to be such a unique human brain. Yes, yes. Um and <laughs> But you know, I owe everything to Terry because I was taking accordion lessons from him and he knew I played fiddle and I was like ten years old at the time. And he was like, How's your fiddle playing? you know, and I was only doing like Suzuki classical and um I was like, I don't know. He's like, Well, why don't you just Bring your fiddle to your next accordion lesson. Is a fiddle and a violin exactly the same? Okay, it's just <laughs> how the, you play it. How you play them. Yeah, your attitude, Yeah, <laughs> the clothes you're wearing, okay. the vibe of your personality. Okay, so
0: you can buy a violin and learn violin and also Turn it into learn a fiddle. fiddle. Got yeah. it. Okay, thank <laughs> I, you for clearing that I would that just up. say
1: fiddle. Yeah, I mean, I'd say growing up I was like, you know, oh, you know, my dad took me to the violin shop. I bought a violin. But now I'm like, oh, I'm a fiddle player. Okay. That just makes me seem like a much more approachable person, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But can you do classic Um, violin as well as fiddle play? Yeah, so that's
1: really what I did my whole life. I really, I mean, I don't do that much anymore, so I wouldn't be, I mean, for example, a couple years ago, or maybe like six years ago, gosh, now when I moved to town, they had asked me if I wanted to do the CMA country Christmas thing or whatever, and so I was like, heck yeah, you know, make some money, and you're kind of just like back there faking some, you know, string parts, whatever. And I remember going to the gal's house because you still had to audition. Yeah. And I showed up, you know, and all I was doing was country, western swing, that kind of thing. And I walked in and she's like, okay, well, what concerto have we prepared for today? I'm like, concerto? I'm like, <laughs> who wants to play like some uh, Bob Wills, maybe some country music, Ray Price or something? Yeah. And she's like, oh, man, I think you're in the wrong spot. Um, <laughs> so we just uh, politely agreed that it was not the right fit. But, um, yeah, I just... For me, like, polka music opened all the doors in my life, which seems so silly. If you want to no, make some money, get in polka music. I've made way more than yeah. I do now. <laughs> Maybe because it's kind of a, you know, not as many people do it. Not everybody's rushing to play polka music. So, yeah, I pl- I started playing accordion. I was playing fiddle with him. And he was like, just come along. Come play with me. I'll pay you $300. bucks. we will go play this duo gig together in, like, six months. You have to memorize half the songs, whatever. And I go and do this gig. And it opened my world to there being possibilities other than sitting in an orchestra and playing and f- for me yeah. feeling uninspired and I truly don't know if, if Terry would have never offered that to me like I may not have continued music yeah you know because I just didn't see that there was that whole other world you yeah
0: know? well you talk about your parents driving you to those late night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> music I think I mean this is like a fan show for your parents but I just think it's incredible
1: well My dad was my Mr. Mom. You know, he was the one who homeschooled me. He did everything in my life. Like, we were just best friends. And, you know, if he had, I mean, he would do odd jobs. He was a horse trainer when I was born. And so my mom told him, like, I have the real job. You are in charge of Katie. Um, Which is awesome. I can't even, I think my mom knows this. I'd say this to her face, like, I think I would have pulled my hair out if my mom would have homeschooled me. Huh. I would have been a completely different breed. Yeah. Um, I think my dad is such a out-of-the-box thinker. He's so relaxed, he's creative, and he's just worldly smart. You know, he was never book smart. He didn't have yeah. a degree, he couldn't even type, and he was like, I'm gonna teach you. And we're like, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it evolved over the years and this goes back to just their involvement in my music you know in that early age my dad was the one taking me to all of my you know polka gigs and um, we bought a really old bus and my dad spent time kind of redoing it we took the polka band like down a the tour road. bus or yes. a school bus yes you t- <laughs> can you imagine a school tour. bus
0: wow like did he turn <laughs> it did he take out the seats <laughs> and- would
1: not surprise yeah. me no he bought a really old tour bus and oh he got gosh. it like converted the whole thing it wasn't fancy but like it did the job and it was such a cool experience and i'm like 12 at this point because i started playing professionally when i was maybe 11 gosh. and so we're going down the road with like all these just old polka people. right? You know, And then there's just me and my dad and my dad's driving the bus and we would just go all over the United States playing Oktoberfest and eating bratwurst and obviously not beer at and that wearing age. Lederhosen, right? And wearing Yeah, they wear the lederhosen. I wear the dirndl.
0: Oh, sorry. You know, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'm into lederhosen, it was really my vibe at the time. And um, so at one point probably around I started college when I was really young but my dad ended up getting a job because our health insurance had just gone out my mom had some health issues and and so it was kind of that realization like roles have to shift a little bit and it didn't really matter what he did or how much he did of it but we needed health insurance that wasn't out of my mom's pocket so he applied to every single place and the only place that Hired him was to be a correctional officer at a prison like three, year, three years, three uh, hours away. Oh my God. And um, and so it's just like he knew that's what he had to do. Like it was important for the family. So my mom took over at that point. And so he was driving down, working a couple he days a week. He was doing three hour drives? Yes. Oh, And my gosh, like just 80? for the sake of, because like our health insurance had gone up to like three grand a month and it was oh like that's just not feasible, f- you know, right. for us. And so I think it just was such a testament to. Just how he and both of my parents just go the extra mile. And it's like whatever has to be done, like, I don't, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to be a correction officer. And he, I can't imagine anybody who'd want to drive three hours every day to a right, prison. Right. But I think he saw it as an opportunity. I think it was great for him, too, because he hadn't done anything for him in yeah, a while. You yeah. know, it had been like a good, you know, I was probably 14 at that time or something. And so he had devoted so much of his life to me. And it was like, this is his chance to do something for him. and. Yeah. He worked his way up in law enforcement and, you know, did investigation. He's still in that stuff now, and he just loves it so much. But at that point, my mom became the parent in charge. Like, I remember when I was probably 15, a buddy of mine, this guy David Beck, his dad plays for Robert O'Keefe. He's the one who got me into songwriting. And David was in this band with this guy Paul Coffin. It's called Sons of Fathers, and before he got in that band, he was doing his own like solo stuff in Austin. And he'd be like, "Come play fiddle with me." He's like, one, yeah. of, one of my best friends, and um, he's like, he called me one day and he's like, "Man, I got this gig at the Saxon Pub, and he's like, it starts at one a.m. and and Austin is an hour from my house, yeah. you know, and like my mom still has a real job, yeah, um, <laughs> so. I mean, there was never even a question. My mom was like, 100%, I'll take you. You know, we'll just plan our Starbucks runs. We'll get a oh little espresso gosh. on the way, and we'll go. How long do you play at the 1 o'clock set? It was like 30, 40 minutes, you know? So y'all drive an hour <laughs> to play for you to half play half the time. Yes, <laughs> right. and then drive an hour back right, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. So we would always stop. There was this Starbucks on the Old Torf exit, and um, we would grab a Starbucks. We would head there, and she would just— she Would come in, or she'd you know, sometimes she'd read out in the car, yeah. you know, and she'd just oh my stay away. She would just read, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, the car. when you've seen the same set about 20 totally, times, totally. a couple times, she'd be like, I'm gonna take a little nap, you know, oh. whatever. Um, but they're just the best parents, you know. I think I'm lucky because they're not like momagers, but they're just yeah. supportive to the core. And I think it's
0: one of those things when you see people win new artists of the year, mm-hmm. you're like, actually. 15 years ago, their parents were driving them at midnight to play a set. Nobody is a new artist of the year who wins Uh, new artist of the year.
1: No. And I think that's, you know, that's the thing we struggle with these days. It's so easy to judge or come to assumptions by just looking on Instagram Mm -hmm. or, you know, because, like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I'm quick to hear about or see some new little TikTok chick or something like that and be like, oh, so she's just going to pop out of nowhere here and think she's hot stuff, you know? But it's like, you know what? I don't know what her story is because some people could say that about me and look at my thing and be like, oh, okay, so she's on a label and blah, blah, blah and looks like her life's pretty easy. And it's like nobody knows the blood, sweat, and tears that goes on behind the scenes because people usually don't tell that story online. When we had
0: Walker Hayes on, it was like, He's both of those, right? He's mm-hmm. the guy who's worked at this forever. forever, and he told this story about how he was working at Costco and kept seeing people while he was working that he had been in meetings with wow. when he was, And and then TikTok does launch him into yeah, this new atmosphere. You know, I know. So he's like the both. It's such a wild. Everybody yeah. thinks everybody else's story is easier, hundred percent. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our incredible partners, Awana's new Talk About Discipleship resource. Okay, raise your hand, literally, if you want to have a solid spiritual conversation with the kids in your life. Yes, mine is in the air. My hand with my cast on it, my little brace on it is in the air. Now, raise your hand if that feels a little intimidating to you. Yeah, me too. I know all of you who are parents or have many BFFs in your life want to have spiritual conversations with kids, but you don't always feel like you know where to start, right? Well, I'm so happy to have a good answer to that need. Awana's new Talk About feature. Awana is a trusted organization that has been resourcing churches with great scripture-based curriculum forever, and their new Talk About Discipleship resource is so cool. With questions, answers, and Bible verses to discuss, Talk About provides parents and caretakers and annies with the tools you need to have discipleship conversations that help you deepen your family's faith. Since each family and child is different, Talk About also has a wide variety of suggestions for family fun. Kids can draw or act or sing about and explore each week's content in like a bunch of fun ways. You can get Talk About as a subscription for only five dollars and ninety nine cents a month with all kinds of faith filled content for families that will be conveniently delivered via email email once you've logged in with your subscription. And my friends, that's you, will receive a free month when you use the promo code TSF, like that sounds fun, at checkout at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. Again, that's talkaboutdiscipleship.com, and the promo code is TSF. And just a reminder, we always list these codes for you down in the show notes and also in our AFD Week in Review email every Friday. You can sign up for that in the show notes as well and now back to our conversation with Katie. Okay, so Happy Land Trailer Park was your first single out. Now, yes. don't do it in Texas. Don't talk Texas about is the two out. songs we can listen to.
1: So, you know,
0: Start with Happy Land. Junior Happy Park. Land. It's so fun! Oh, thank you, it's like I appreciate such a that. Good summer bop,
1: you know. And we're everybody mildly depressed after COVID, and so I'm like, we need something that puts a smile on people's face. Did you write? You these? know, I did. Okay, I write all my songs, and really, I mean, yeah, co-write them. Obviously, I was about to say, do you have other writers um, with you sometimes? Yes, yeah. So this is something I wrote with. One of my best friends, Joe Clemens, and then Rodney Clawson. Um, oh,
0: we love Rodney and love Nicole. Love Rodney. We yes. love
1: them. And the funny thing is, Nicole, I wrote Don't Do It in Texas with, with Brian Beaver. Oh, good.
0: Nicole's um, been on the show because we had her come oh, and tell awesome. us how to throw parties. <laughs> and that, like, that no one knows she's oh, like one of the wow. most prolific songwriters in... Our town. We had her talk about like, how do you throw a good party?
1: <laughs> I need to know how to edit my Instagram videos, too. Yeah, Because that's right. she is She's the queen so of any, all the aesthetics. So things. you wrote with
0: both Clausens on these yeah, two songs.
1: on at totally different times over the pandemic. Um, oh, wow. So we actually wrote Don't Do It in Texas first. Okay. It was over Zoom. It was in Texas. Yeah. Um, I was home over the pandemic, like at the start of it. And it was kind of like a what the heck is going on kind of thing. And we're like, yeah. I guess we'll adjust to, you know, writing on Zoom. And, and then Happyland Trailer Park, I was over at their house. And it was it was funny because everything happens for a reason, yes. you know. And me, Rodney, uh, and Jesse Joe Dillon were supposed to write. Okay. And she had something come up. And so Rodney was like, well, why don't we just wait? We'll write late tonight and come over to the house and just bring anybody you want to over. Yeah. So I invited my buddy Joe over. And um, I was like, just come over. I don't think they had written before. And um, we ended up writing this song. Uh, <laughs> it was just... You know, it says in the song, everybody's got a different definition of the good stuff. And yeah. I just feel like we are all so worthy of finding that thing in our life yeah. that puts a smile on our face and makes us happy and kind of keeps us going. You Because know? it's, I don't know, I feel like after the start of the year, all my friends were kind of in a funk and feeling kind of mildly down and out yeah. just with everything the last couple of years. And, and I wanted this to be something that put a smile on people's face and, you know, reminder not to take life. Yeah. too seriously and to find that thing in their life worth searching for yeah. you know because for me like i'm such a free spirit in a lot yeah. of ways you know i mean whether happyland trailer park isn't isn't just a trailer park it totally can be and since we wrote this song i've looked up happyland trailer park united states <laughs> and there are a couple i'm gonna be going to them so if you want to do a road you trip are? yes oh that is so smart i know that we should totally do that Haiti. there's one in like canada and then there's one in Either like Oklahoma or Kansas. Oh, so maybe if we need to get away sometime, we can go to Happy Land. Yeah, with pleasure. (laughs) One looks a little creepy, like there might be spooky clowns there. Okay, good, good, (laughs) good. I'm also kind of down for it. Um, (laughs) You know, but it's like whatever that place is, like maybe, maybe that place is, you know, sitting on your couch or, you know, with a loved one or having a cup of coffee, whatever that is, you know, doesn't mean you have to actually leave your house to find that spot. But I just encourage people to, to find whatever that is. I think the cool thing about, don't Do It In Texas being the next song out is, I think it really, it dives a little deeper into just my authentic Texas yeah. side, yeah. you know? And I grew up on a lot of George Strait. And like I said, like, Ray Price or George Jones and just a lot of classic country. And so for me, this is like, this is so me to the core. Yeah. And just little throwback, you know, still current. You know, if I could be like female George Strait. Like, yeah. Man, George and I... um <laughs> We need to be friends. <laughs> so I'm putting that, I'm manifesting yes, that too. Um, put it out to the world. Yeah. Did I tell you that I met George once? Did um, talk about Yes. That? yes. I,
0: you told me at church one Sunday, but I am
1: I really want you to tell the story. If so, you want to. Oh, yeah, of course. George, if you're out there. Um, <laughs> remember me? Remember me at the hair salon? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is such a good story. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, so we just talked about my mom and those Saxon pub gigs. Yes. So we had one of those. I played, we'd come home, you know, we didn't get home till like 3 a.m. So I was around my life is so non-traditional, but I was around, you know, 15, 16 at this time because I did that for about a year. Yeah. I had taken a year off of school because I had already been in college at that point, and I was kind of What? Three. You were already
0: in college at 15?
1: I started college when I was eleven, um, which is super Katie, weird. I have another reason I didn't have friends. <laughs> So strange. I know. It's a really like weird thing about me. And I feel like I don't act like somebody who could be capable of taking a college class when they're 11. Just because that seems like something that like a uh, more. I don't know. Like if I thought about a history thing now or doing a math problem, yes. like, whoa, I don't think I could do that. You were 11 um, years old taking college courses. Yeah, I am um, from home. No, I'd go. You were going and sitting in classes as an 11-year-old? Yeah, it'd be me in the front and my dad in the back. Katie. Because they, they required him to go. <laughs> um, and so it was like, it really. What school? Texas Lutheran University in oh, Seguin outside of New Braunfels. I mean, basically I was taking, that was my violin. Here I say, I'm saying violin now, not fiddle. But I was taking violin from a professor there. Yeah. And she was like, you know, you seem like bright in music. And it'd be cool if you took some like music theory classes, something like that. And I'm like, oh, that seems fun, you know. And I'm like 10 at this point. And my dad's like, oh, that seems like a nice be like a fun idea, something good for Katie to do, you know, get her wheels turning. So we go and we talk to the school and we're like, you know, Katie's 10. Can she come take some music theory classes? And they're like, no. Yeah, of uh, course I not, mean, uh, Katie. No. <laughs> Does she have an SAT? <laughs> no. Does she have a GED? No. She have, like anything. I was like, right. no, I am still out like, playing in the grass with my goats, you right. know. And um, I mean, not that I was an idiot, but it was like I was at no you no means prepared. 10. I was him. <laughs> I was just chilling out, you know, enjoying life. And right. um, so my dad's like, again, he's the out of the box thinker, and um, he was like, well, are there any other options? And right. they're like, well, if you want to get a court order to get her GED, because you can't get your GED unless you are sixteen or a juvenile delinquent. And so I was like, well, I couldn't get my GED. And yeah. they're like, can she take her SAT? And I was like, no. So they said, well, all right, well, you've got a couple of recommendations. Let us go back to the dean of school and just see if there's any options. Because they said I can monitor the music class, but I wouldn't get any credit. And yeah. we had to pay full price. And so oh, it's wow. like, well, no. no. It was a private yeah. school. It's too expensive just to do that. So somehow they came back and they said, we will – consider admitting you to the school if you write a 10, ten page paper about where you want to go in life and like what your aspirations are and so I wrote this paper <laughs> I don't know what I said but <laughs> I must have said something decent yeah then they said we will you know accept you into the school and you have to you can only take three classes a semester you can take anything you want you can take math you can take music you can take whatever the heck you want to do your dad has to come with you, Yeah, you know, and you have to make all A's. And so that just, you know, it opened up a whole different world for me. My mom was not in favor of it openly. You know, yeah. she was like, I just don't want to put Kitty in that position of, like, being kind of a misfit, you Yeah, know? And going from, like, homeschooling to being so young, like, being 10 and 11, like, in these classes with 22-year-olds. And then you have your yes. freaking dad in the back, yeah. you know? It's like, oh, my God. So... Has a family, like, and they gave me the option. I was just like, that sounds like a fun idea. I don't know. I didn't know. If I knew what I knew now, I'd be yeah. like, oh, okay, we should not be doing that, you know? Did you get a degree? Yeah. So, basically, I'm just being open with you here. The funny thing is, is so they had told me, we're going to hold your credits. Yeah. Until you take your SAT. Okay. I took three classes a semester for several years from, like, age 11 to 15. <laughs> At fifteen and I'm to home school like I would do yes. college math and then like first grade biology or right, whatever. Right, you know, right. so I'm like, Oh wow, you know, just super weird. And um at fifteen I remember my parents or maybe around fourteen, fifteen, my parents sitting down and being like, Okay Katie's life is super weird. She's playing polka music. She's in college, but still kind of in, like, whatever grade you're in. I don't know. I have no idea about grades. And um, (laughs) I don't. I really don't. I have no idea. Like, if you're 12, I have no idea what grade you're in. (laughs) So I really don't. Yeah, if you're 12, you're a junior in college. (laughs) So that's the problem. I don't know. And so my my parents, I remember having this conversation of, like, how can we get Katie back to more of a normal place? And, um, you know, and I still <laughs> couldn't drive. You know, it's just like... Oh, my gosh! So, I did not know any of this. Yeah. So my mom was like, I think Katie should just go back and just be in a dual credit program. Like, enter ah, a S15, enter a right. college, and just, just kind of, like, start fresh. So my dad's like, Oh, okay, all right. So we checked in, into this program that San Antonio Community College offered, yeah. and it was for, you know, dual credit students. Yeah. I don't know. We went to... To TLU where I was going at the time, and my dad just went up to the counter and said, I'd like to get a transcript for my daughter, and because I had, you know, I don't know, over 30 credits or yeah. something like that, so if you have 21 credits, you're a transfer yes. student. Yes, yes. <laughs> So I never still taken my SAT at this point. But we go up to the office and they're like, oh yeah, we'll just print it out. Here's your here's your transcript. And it just said I was a transfer student. Yeah. So then when we go to try to enroll in the dual credit program, they just put me as a college student because I'd <laughs> taken this with me. All I know is I went to the bathroom. I thought my dad was gonna enroll me in the dual credit and I came yeah. back and he's like, I'm pretty sure I just enrolled you in college full time. <laughs> I'm like, what? Um and so then I just was oh I was in college yeah. from there yeah. on out. I've never taken, I've been to like four colleges and I've never had a GED or SAT or anything. And this I, have, I have a bachelor's degree. This is fascinating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have a bachelor's but degree you know and what? no GED. No GED, no <laughs> SAT, no ACT, whatever, you know, Those all those just horrible tests are I've never had to take it. And hopefully I won't get in trouble Wild. once somebody finds this out. You know, they can't, no, what well, are they, they going to do? They can't My life is already going. You. They can't take yes. away. No. Sorry, Berkeley. And, yeah. um, <laughs> So that's where I ended Berkeley? up Berkeley. I, I moved to Boston. That's where I graduated from when I was 16. Because I, like, I, oh I was like, I need to finish this out. I mean, and when I was done, my mom was like, do you think you'd ever want to get a master's degree? I was like, no, no. I want to get the heck out. You know, I'm so done. I've been going and, to college for eight years or whatever. And also, like, how was I in college for, like, I graduated when I was 19. But I'm like, how was I in college for, like, eight years yeah. and only have a bachelor's? I should be a doctor, you know? <laughs> But here's the thing. I think that not a lot of people know this because I think if they if, – I think it would just be easy to assume that, like, I was smarter than somebody else or something like that. And and at the end of the day, like, all I can say is I don't know how to convince somebody of that, but, like, I'm not. I think that it was an attitude thing. It was, like, this sounds fun. Hmm. This sounds intriguing. It's unique. I did not have a, you know, typical upbringing. Yeah. And it was, like, this could be – just a life changer, yeah. you know, and something that nobody else has done. And I don't know if I fully re- realized that at the time, but like I had to study all night, like every day, like it was so hard, but there was never a time that I was not happy that I chose that route. Wow. And, um, and then I got to graduate early and move out to LA and yeah. have extra years of my life, you know? <laughs> So I think, if anything, it didn't It didn't make me any smarter. It just gave you, me more perspective. Okay, that's you so know? sweet. That is so sweet. No, I'm serious. Katie,
0: you were in college as a 12-year-old. I promise no, you were I, smarter I, than me as a 12-year-old. No, I... <laughs> Katie Offerman, I'm I, telling you, I, <laughs> I knew myself so well at 12. <laughs> there's not a world... Where I was doing any more than seventh grade. So Is that well, what you're I, in? I think. Yeah. I think I was at, I was fourteen as a freshman, so yeah. Gotcha. Well <laughs> Katie, I Okay, just... we got here because you were telling us about when you met George Strait.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Well, anyway, I was back to playing those Saxon pub games. <laughs> <laughs> and I was taking a year off of school. I had to let yes. you know that because That's right. I didn't want you to think I was just like just you know, floundering around, not doing school. Yeah, none of us think uh, you okay. were floundering around. <laughs> so I took a year off because yes. girl needed a break, it, yeah. you know. Um, Wait, so
0: when you're 15, 16, you took a year off?
1: Yeah, from 15 okay. to 16. And because I knew I was going to move to Berkeley when I was like, I don't know, between 16 and 17. That's so
0: incredible.
1: I was just like, all right, I'm taking a little time off. taking a little. Every more.
0: single college got bamboozled. Uh, <laughs> they all got bamboozled. <laughs> they have no idea. I went to Texas
1: State, Texas Lutheran, <laughs> yes. San Antonio Community College, Berkeley. <laughs> Um they have um, no idea. So yeah. I'm like come and get me now. Like it's too late. Um <laughs> uh, Okay but anyways, so, so my mom took me to the Saxon Pub, you yeah. know, played that gig. We come home, it's like 3 a.m. I remember I was I don't know why, but I wanted to sleep on a futon during yeah. that time of my life. It's now I'm like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, my back." Yeah. Um again, we're getting old. Yeah. And um <laughs> and so mind you, I we went to this girl who did hair and uh, her name was Kim. She was in San Antonio and kind of her claim to fame was doing George Strait's hair. Yeah. And, but, I told you this before, I was like, how can doing George Strait's hair be a claim to fame when there's not much hair there and he wears a cowboy hat or whatever? All the time. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's not like you can, it doesn't represent somebody's color or like balayage when it's (laughs) George. So anyway, um, but whatever, I was proud to go to her. That's right. So she'd always talk. She was like. At some point when George is here, like, I want y'all to meet. I'm like, oh, well, that'd be awesome. You know, like, I love George. I'm not starstruck by anybody, but George is somebody that I've just, you know, been to several shows. I just think he is, he's the king of country music in this lifetime. Yes. And um, so, anyway, I didn't have Kim's cell phone number because I would just call the salon and make an appointment. So I didn't get to bed till like, 3 a.m., I wake up, you know, just like in a fog, maybe around 8.30 or something like that. And I remember seeing all these unknown texts from this one number. Yeah. And I was just like, Ugh, screw that. I'm right. going back to bed. Right. So I wake back up. It's like 10 o'clock or something. And we live an hour away from San Antonio. And this yeah. is on the far side. Her salon was kind of out by where George lived. So I get up. I look at my phone. And I read the text. And it was like, can you be here for a hair mask treatment at 10.30? thirty?" <laughs> No name. Didn't right. say, like, this is Kim. Didn't right. say George is here. Just said hair mask treatment. But, like, when is anybody ever texting me about right. hair mask treatment? Right, 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 When someone going uh, yeah, so to offer so she in. had texted yeah. me at 8 a.m., but I failed oh, to gosh. look at it. So I just knew. I was like, this is George. Not not George texting me. You know, George, yeah, 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 this yeah, is yeah, my yeah. time to meet yeah. George. So I run downstairs, and I'm like, oh, my God. I got this text. I think I'm going to meet George. Like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I need to get some dry shampoo. I need to <laughs> gonna get there. And he's like. We are an hour away and this he she said to be here at 10 30 and yeah. like we haven't, you know, texted yeah. her back. So I just texted back and was like, on my way. And yes. I had just gotten to a point where I felt decent about myself. I put some dry shampoo in, put some <laughs> mascara on, put on my boots and jeans, and I was like, Let's go. Right. So the whole way over, my dad is like managing my expectations and it's just like, you know what? This may not happen because yeah. we're probably going to be late. you probably not going to be George or whatever. And I'm like, it's fine, Dad. He's like, but make sure to pack a CD. So I <laughs> so I got the CD. Yeah, My album was called Gone. Um, yeah. It was like me carrying a suitcase in a field. And yes. I was leaving. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so classic. But I was ready to give it to George. So we are pulling into the salon and I see Kim's car and I see a Range Rover. And I was like, well, it's got to be George. Yeah, And so... I walk in and there's like this gal at the reception desk and then there's all these kind of beads separating the salon area. And it's a teeny salon. There's only like three chairs. And I could definitely see a man like getting his hair done. And through the beads, I'm like, oh, it's got to be George. You yeah. Know? And so I go up and I'm like, am I supposed to be like, I'm here for George. Am I mass treatment? <laughs> like, I don't know. Or am I just supposed to be like, I don't right. see you. Right. You know, like just playing it cool am i making eye contact am i not i'm gonna be like sup george so um i asked the gal i'm like you know kim texting me i'm like trying to whisper because you know they're like four feet away between these beads and i'm like she texted me about a mass treatment um but i think it's actually about george is is that george in there you know and it's like oh it's already getting awkward and she's like i don't know and so anyway i sit down she's like i'll find out so then All of a sudden, she comes and gets me. She's like, "All right, I'm gonna give me do a mass treatment on you." And I'm like, "Okay." So she takes me. I walk right past George. I'm like grazing his back. Uh, Kim doesn't say a word to me. I'm like awesome. So here I am, (laughs) just total awkwardness. And I go right past George, and she puts me in the bubble hairdryer chair, and it's facing George. Yeah, you know, there's three chairs facing the mirror, and then one bubble chair looking at them. And I'm like. Okay, well, I guess I'm just going to look down. I'm yeah. Gonna get on my phone. And I'm sitting in the the bubble chair. Nothing has happened to me at this point. I'm in my, my jeans and boots. Well, she comes over. She gives me a cape. And she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to apply this mask real quick. And she has, it's like an icing tube, but except <laughs> it is filled with what looks like chicken fat. And um, <laughs> she pulls my hair up. Puts the chicken fat, what I like Ew. to call chicken fat, all over my hair <laughs> and then wraps. It's like not cotton balls, but cotton swab. Oh, yeah. The cotton. It like, just string. does not in. The cotton string. <gasps> oh, and it was gosh. wrapped all up hey. my hair. To, and you hadn't met him. No. No. But here I was locking in moisture in my hair <laughs> when chicken I was fixing me meat, one of my favorite artists of all yes. time. Then she puts a bonnet on me. The chicken fat is oozing out. Uh. Um, the cotton swab is like coming out a bit. And I'm just like, please, Lord, let me not meet George yeah. today. Like, this is not my day. Cause I, I'm just, I grew up, my mom was like, you don't leave the house without lipstick on. Right. Like, I was kind of like, a, you got to have your hair done. You got to have yeah. this, you know. So for me going with dry shampoo, I was like, that was pushing it. Yes. And now we're with chicken fat. I yes. was like, no, yes. I need to die right now. And so, um, Anyway, I see him finishing up and and he goes up to pay and I'm like, thank you, Lord. That did not happen. And then all of a sudden Kim comes and gets me and she's like, I'm so glad you came. Like, are you ready to meet George? And I'm like, yeah, totally. Let's go. And um and so I go up and and George was just so nice. He yeah. was in his little like boat outfit, yeah. you know, and um like Hawaiian shirt. And there I was in my cape and bonnet. And
0: oh.
1: and we had like a 30-minute conversation and we just talked about music we loved. And then with the end, your hair
0: just up in a bonnet.
1: Right. Oh, um my oozing. Gosh. And then at the end, of course, I'm like, you know what? I think I might have a CD in the car, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I like might. casually, like there yeah. might be one in the glove box. Yeah. And I remember running out and my dad. He openly told me, like, you looked unrecognizable. Oh. Like, <laughs> he was like, I literally thought you, like, worked here or something. Like, oh I mean, gosh. he was like, it was bad. He was like, I feel sorry that you had to meet George looking like that. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, but, you know, it's such a good memory. And I've seen him at a couple shows since. Yeah. And we've, like, kind of seen each other in passing. And I've yeah. never brought b- that back up. So I've yeah. been, like, a new person every time. Yes. <laughs> but, I'm, like, we ever actually, you know, if we ever, like, did a duet one day right. or – so back to Don't Do it in Texas, it mentions, like, you know, don't want to end up an ex in some old George Strait song. Yeah. My dream, I'm manifesting this to you right now, okay. is to have the music video at Green Hall. The yeah. The oldest dance hall in Texas. I've been there. You have? Yes. yes. did you see?
0: Green is not spelled green. It's, it's, groon. Spelled, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. groon. Yeah, it's yeah. But um, green, No, yes. I went there in a daytime, and we ate lunch at the place. At Gristmill. Mill. Yeah.
1: Love it. Love Their it. Their fries are amazing. Chips yes. and salsa and so queso. Good. So good. So he has gone back, you know, over the years and done, like, some really cool shows there and just, like, packed it out. And, and it's the um, oldest
0: dance hall in, in the, Texas. In Texas. Yep.
1: And I grew up, like, five minutes from there. And so okay. we'd go there. We'd do, you know, swing dancing on Tuesdays. Yeah. It's just, like, just feels so much like home to me. Yeah. So I'm manifesting. We're going to have the music video there. George is going to okay. be the bartender. He'll be pouring his coat great. to go. Yeah. Tequila. Yeah. And then the rest will just be history. Okay. Um, so that's For kinda, this song,
0: for Don't Do It in Texas. Don't Do It in Texas. Okay. Um, I think it's a great I feel like Nicole Gowian can make that happen for you.
1: Nicole 100%. Yeah. She is capable of a lot of things. Yes. Parties yes. and and, and, <laughs> and George. And writing number ones <laughs> and getting George in your music video. Exactly. So um, I'm just excited for this because I feel like it just, it's very authentic to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, I always want to have a nice balance of like, I'm not too serious of a person, yes. but I always want to be authentic. Yeah. I always, you know, I want to make sure there's some seriousness. And, yeah. You know, because, you know, life isn't all roses.
0: Hey friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another one of our amazing partners, Pair Eyewear. I shared with y'all not too long ago some of my feelings that come up for me when I'm doing a photo shoot. It's a little more complicated than it seems, right? Fun with hair and makeup and clothes. Not so fun with some insecurities. One of my favorite things about this group of friends we have here at That Sounds Fun is how much y'all welcome me to be always Annie and show up and express the real me. Well, Pair Eyewear gives us the same permission. You can celebrate all that you are and explore fun, different looks too with customizable prescription glasses from Pair Eyewear. I have the Twain frames, like Mark Twain, because I'm trying to be brilliant. You get it. I have the Twain frames from Pair I wear and I just love to slide them on during the later part of the day when I can use some help blocking that blue light. But the cool thing about Pear is that you can super easily change the look of your glasses by adding on one of their magnetic top frames. So like my base frame is a clear blush tone, but I have top frames that are dark and sparkly. I can change them out depending on my mood or my outfit. It's so fun how Pear Eyewear's base frames and magnetic top frame combos make it easy to switch up your style. The base frames start at just $60, including prescription lenses. And they come in so many different shapes from square to cat eye. You get it. Whatever it makes you happy and then there are hundreds of top frame designs to match whichever base frame you choose you can change your glasses just like you change your clothes Pair wants us to get to express our individuality and they lead by example because they design all their looks in-house. And for every Pair purchase, Pair provides glasses and vision care for children around the world. So get glasses just as unique as you are. One Pair, Infinite Styles, starting at just $60. So go to pairiwear.com slash that sounds fun for 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off at com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish up our conversation with Katie Offerman. Have you written any songs that talk about your faith yet?
1: Great question. Thank I you. have. Yeah. I love writing hymns. Do you really? I do. I do. I wrote this song called Resting Place. Yeah. And it is, I wrote with Natalie Hemby. Yeah. Ryan Beaver, Aaron S. Ice. We just all sat down. We kind of wrote for like two days straight. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, I... I really want to write. I've written a couple that kind of, you know, I've written this other song. Kind of sounds like "Go Rest High." Yeah, and that was kind of my first dabble of like, you know, this feels just like I'm really into this. Yeah, I never, I'm never going to be a Christian artist or you know anything like that. But like, I think it's just important if you're going to be genuine, you might as well show all All sides of of you of you. Yeah, you know. And my faith journey has been kind of in and out. You know, just. You can imagine being homeschooled. Chances are you're probably going to church like 8,000 times a week, which <laughs> I did. You also sew your own button socks. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's just what you do when you're homeschooled and you go to church and there everybody has like 10 kids each. You yeah. know, as the only only child. And uh, so church was always, and just believing in God was kind of something that was force-fed sounds negative, but it's like it's kind of decided for you. Yeah, of course. You know, and at some point in your life, you gain Knowledge and maturity, and you kind of have to step away and go like, "All right, I now want to, yeah. you know, learn and yeah. believe and do all this on my own, you yeah. know." And so, you know, I think that there were definitely years that I never lost my faith, but I think I just drifted away from feeling close to God and yeah. practicing and you know, reading my Bible and praying and really feeling connected to my mm-hmm. faith. And when I'm at Colby. Your fiance. Yes. Soon to be hubby. Soon to be husband. <laughs> yes. Very soon. Yep. I know. And um, he just was so strong in his faith yeah. and he loved the church that he went to. You know, I kind of had a negative experience with my church just because they would tell me I was probably going to go to hell because I sang country music oh, wow. and um, because I didn't sing opera kind of style, you know, and um I think that it took me a while to discern the difference between, like, Jesus and Jesus' followers and, like, the church, yeah. you know, the church compared to God. And it's, like, only one of those is perfect. And yeah. it's definitely not us. You That's church, right. It's not the um, human part. Yeah. And so I think it's easy to kind of, like, mix the two a little bit, yeah. you know, and put the blame in the wrong spot. but. Colby really reopened my eyes to my faith, you know, and we started going to Crosspoint together. You know, that was one of our first dates. Yeah. And it just kind of reignited everything for me. And so I remember, like, being in this place in my life and we were sitting down writing of just, like, just feeling so thankful. Feeling thankful that I never straight away. It's not like I ever, you know, <laughs> was worshiping the devil or sure. was, you know, not right. into God or was doing, you know, there's never anything extreme. I just... Right. I had lost that spark, yeah. and I think this resting place was written out of a place of appreciation for just, like, being able to come back home Yeah, to, you know, like, that safe, sacred place, yeah. you know, and so I definitely plan on releasing it at some point, yeah. you know, I think it's something that People have to be listening before I release it. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I got to get some country tunes out there. Yeah. And that's then right. little, we'll, oh! and that's then, right. <laughs> uh, and then we'll bring in, uh, <laughs> bring in the spiritual bring stuff. In him. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. Cause I just, you know, I'm not, I'm openly not a person that will just go in, and, you know, talking to somebody and immediately bring up God or something like that. You know, I just, I just hope that people can see my heart through my music whether yeah. that's happy land trailer park or whether it's you know a song about drinking beer i just yeah. i think it's all in you know our actions yeah. and our and our words and conversation with people and hopefully through the music it'll connect with people and i hope to be a friend you know yeah. to those girl. i mean i never had girlfriends growing up yeah. and so i want to be that girlfriend to other girls that like never had that you know yes. and i just hope that People realize that I'm more like them than not, yeah. you know, like it doesn't that's the thing. It's like it doesn't mean you have to have the same story, but it's yeah. like I'm I'm weird, yeah. you know, I'm super weird and I'm just not the norm. And so everybody's a little weird out there. And yeah. I, I feel like I can relate to that so much. Yeah. I can relate to misfits. I can relate to. Just not feeling like, yeah. you know, I all my life I just wanted to be a cheerleader. So, yeah. um, <laughs> you Where's know? that
0: song? Have you written that uh, song? No, no That's I'm a great I'm first line. Yeah.
1: Take that to Nicole Gallion. Exactly. I'm oh. like, that sounds like a Nicole song. That does sound like a Nicole um, song. So, everybody's got a different story. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know what, I'm so much just like anybody else. Yeah. And um, I always want to be approachable. And, um, you know, music is everything. If, yeah. if I, I never did it to be. Famous, never have done it to, you know. It's just like this is what's in my blood. I've never, I never had to choose it. You know, yeah. music chose me. So I think that's, I think God put that in me to, like, seek out the rest yes. of my life. Yes, you know, I think so too. Then
0: but, you get married this weekend.
1: And I also get married this weekend. I mean, oh I mean, my I gosh. am. I really am. I'm so lucky because, a lot of people never find their passion and they never find their person yeah. and. Those are two really big things and I just feel so thankful because, you know, Colby is so supportive. Yeah. He's there every step of the way. And it's just fun that we get to do this life together. Yeah. And I love that I love that he does music but does a different capacity. Yeah. And so it just makes both of us evil able, able yes. to be like so understanding to you know yes. whatever's going on yeah for our friends um, listening
0: colby's a manager so yes. he's in the industry but he is not an artist yes i don't think i could do
1: that because no. i <laughs> oh for a Night, I, I did this um this uh like kind of songwriter guy in town and um he just couldn't stop showing me his demos. I'm like, I don't want to go ride in your car and listen to your demos. Right. Like, I'm so done with your demos. Uh, so I try to be mindful of Colby. I'm like, I don't want to be that person that's just like drowning you in I had in a demos. friend recently call it demo jail. Yeah, you it is, it in is. Yes. Was it you who said to No, I think, but Colby's told me about this. Yeah, demo, so, where yeah. someone locks
0: you in demo jail and you can't get out and you have to listen. Oh my listen. gosh,
1: <laughs> I needed to be freed from that many a times. Know. Okay, um, so I got two more questions for yes. you. Blame First mommy. one
0: is, for our friends listening, we have just done a whole month in April on prayer. So we are, mm-hmm. like, working on our prayer lives. Yeah, How do you want our friends, when they see you on TV, when they go and see a concert, when they're listening to your music, how do you want them to pray for your career and for your marriage?
1: Man, that is so nice. Can I give you a quick story about yes. the power of prayer? <laughs> yes, do it. I love this. All right, I'll keep this short. Basically, yeah. you know, we're getting married in a couple days, and the weather has been saying that it is— 96 and rain, And I'm like, so basically a sauna, a wet sauna. I love that. Helps helps me detox a little bit, but I don't imagine that in my wedding dress, you know? And we were at church last Sunday, literally walked into church, looked at the weather because Colby's been a little bit obsessed about the yeah. weather situation. He also is really into weather. He has a weather radar in our yeah. house. And every day it goes like, <laughs> beep, 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 no. national weather alert, <laughs> checking the test system, whatever. And I'm just, that just pisses me off. But um, <laughs> he's so just funny. looking out for us, That's you right. know. That's right. And um, we walked into church and our phone said 96 and rain. We go to church, have a sermon afterwards. Colby says, I really feel like we need to go and have Kevin pray with us just over our marriage and everything like that. And I was like, I was like, oh, eh, you know, I'm just like not really like a person to ask anything of anybody. And um, he's like, no, I'm just, I'm really feeling this. I was like, you know what? I am, you are leading the way. I support you. Let's do it. We go over there. Kevin prays for us, and it was just—it was so kind. It was really awesome. And we walk out those doors. I check my phone, and it said seventy-four and sunny. <laughs> the Lord. I'm like, <laughs> pray, people. I've been praying ever since. I'm like, good skin, no fever blisters, good, uh, you know, everything, uh, my health, um, the like green grass, the teepee, right? like just the whole thing. Like I'm like, pray, pray, pray. Um, no, I I think that I am trying to be more mindful of prayer and be yeah. more intentional and easy. and also just praying for other people and, and also more gratitude because I think it's mm. so easy. I found myself for several years only praying when I needed something. Yeah. And that was the extent of my faith. That's how I kind of felt like in those years. It was like, I wasn't practicing my faith, but I would sure think to pray when I was in a bind. Yep. And I'm like, I don't know what's right, but I know that this ain't what it's, it's supposed in. to be. Yeah. yeah. I would just hope that people would pray for contentment, you okay. know, and not taking things for granted because the thing is like all I wanted when I was 14 was to get a publishing deal all I wanted when I was 16 was to get a record deal and you know and now all I want is like a song on the radio and then when I get the song on the radio I'm gonna want is the the CMT word the CMT is gonna be the CMA and the the Grammy and then you get the you know it's just like it never ends and i doesn't mean I don't want all those things I do but I just I never want to forget that like I'm right where I have wanted to be, you know, and I just pray that, you know, just never losing that joy um, that it brings me because my grandfather was the reason why I started playing fiddle. And we lived with him for several years because he had cancer and we lived with him until he passed away. And music is so powerful. Like he had lost all memory, lost Mm -hmm. his entire mind. But I could go out on the patio and I could bring my fiddle and I could turn on um, George Straight Record or Bob Wills or whatever. And he would know every single word. Wow. And he would come to every single gig that I play. Aww. And it wouldn't matter how old he was, you know, yeah. like 95 on his deathbed, still coming out to my shows. And I'm like, I don't want to ever forget, you know, I pray that I never forget why I started doing this, you know, and what an impact it can be because it's so easy to get caught up in all this little deal here in town of like, oh, so-and-so's doing this, you know, and it's like music is much bigger than this town, you know, and this, our group of friends and just all that stuff and like, it's just way bigger than that. And so I just, I pray that I keep my eyes set on the real reason yeah you know yeah so i'm just you know i'm just excited to see what happens mainly yes, yes. i just feel lucky some days you know like, i mean catch me on a bad day and i'll be like oh my god <laughs> i am mean, so over this but i am you're i'm allowed just to thankful have those. yeah no Both everybody's and. allowed to have yes. those yes. you have to yeah give yourself space to just and not compare your problems to others it's That's just like you right. know what allow yourself whatever you're going through even if somebody has it worse like yeah feel what you feel yeah Oh, I'll be super in the dumps some days. But yeah. then the next day, you know, something always happens that picks your mood back up and yeah. shows you, like, this is why you're here, yeah. you know? Yeah. I just, I know this is what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. And that's all I, you know, God's given me that gift. And so it's m- my job to carry that out, you know? Yes. And I would be doing myself a disservice to look any and other all of direction. Us.
0: All of us. If you well, didn't thanks. do the thing that you were called to do, we would all miss out. Well, thanks. So... Okay, the last
1: question we always ask, Mm.
0: because the show is called That Sounds (sighs) Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Mm.
1: You know what sounds fun to me, my honeymoon? Yeah, Um, tell everybody where you're going. They won't be able to find you. (laughs) We're going to Santorini and we're going to Positano. Oh my gosh, what sounds fun is just like a bucket load of pasta and sourdough bread and butter right now. That's my love language. I don't need sweets, but I do need butter and bread. Yes, Um, yes. It's going to be so good. Oh, my gosh. gosh. We are just travel junkies. We have this this sense of adventure, and Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we both have that, where every year, like, I want to go hike somewhere new. That's kind of like a goal for myself. So two years ago, we did Utah. Last year, we did Sedona. You know, we've done different places in Colorado. Yeah. And um, Colby's just made a list. Like, we're making a list, and and every year, trying to check one off. You know, I definitely— Can you hike in Italy? I mean, I'm sure you can't hike in Italy. Our Italian listeners are
0: like, Annie, of course you can hike Uh, in Italy. But but I mean, like, that's not part of the goal. Backpacking? Right.
1: That's not my goal. There's to eat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Sleep in, shop, eat. Yes. um, Warm enough to lay outside, like by the pool or by the
0: ocean, Um, by the Mediterranean. Oh boy, I'm gonna get. I'm not sure what water that is. I think it's a mouth. See,
1: I told you, I'm not as smart as you think. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I told. I yeah. I yeah. uh, It goes Uh, out the window fast. Um, Oh, it's so funny. But you know, just enjoying the time I have with my family sounds fun because it's gonna be fun. You realize as you get older too, like life is short and nothing is given, Yeah. and you just you know you can't expect anything, and it's not for sure. And so I just. I'm just, I'm looking forward to having fun with my, our families, yeah. you know, and I feel so lucky we all get along and, yes. and then after the wedding and all that stuff, we'll be back playing shows. So that's, that is what sounds fun to me yes. right now It's getting on the road. So I'm doing some shows at Parker McCollum this summer and that And we can like, find all that at
0: katieofferman.com? Sure can. Great. Okay. Um, we'll there's not many the Katie notes.
1: Offerman's out there. Yeah. Yeah. You got <laughs> so, a good, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited for it all. Like everything sounds fun right now because there's so many great things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel so lucky. And well, you've just got such. You have a. I'm a huge
0: cheerleader for you and Colby. Oh, you yeah. know that. I just love y'all, and I love spending time with you. And Thank I, you. and I love that we all get to watch this career. now. Thank you. You know, like I mean, we've we've come in in the middle. We've I, been doing it for a decade. We're still and a half, grinding. I but know. There's a
1: lot more to go. So I know we're just getting started. We're just getting so. started. It's yeah. very fun. Well, I love you, friend. Thanks oh, for doing this. Thanks for having me. It's just been—I mean, I can't believe I didn't know you like nine months ago. I know. You know. I know. So it now does not feel like you're that. stuck with me. For you're a long stuck time. with me. <laughs> you
0: know, I say that you are stuck with me. Exactly. Oh, I love you, friend. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. You're the best. Oh, you guys, don't you just love her? She's just the best. Um, also, she went to four colleges. Listen, that whole story has blown my mind, I think about it a lot. She's just awesome and brilliant. And her singing. Y'all just have to go listen. Wherever you love to listen to music, go pull up Katie Offerman, C-A-T-I-E. Listen to Happy Land, Trailer Park. Listen to Don't Do It in Texas. Everything. Just, like, subscribe to Katie Offerman. Wherever you love to stream your music, listen to her. Follow her on social media. Tell her thanks for being on the show. That will also help you know where she's on tour so you can go and meet her and hear her sing live. Y'all, she's insanely talented hey be sure to share this one with one friend or a bunch of friends the more the merrier who you think would adore Katie as much as we do if you need anything else from me you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F Downs on Instagram Twitter Facebook all the places you may need me that's how you can find me and I think that's it for me today friends go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you and I'll do the same today what sounds fun to me is being at the pool I am outside on my Monday I hope you are too again happy Memorial Day have a great week we'll see you back here on Thursday with my friend and another one of our favorite voices around here Brandon Heath we'll see you guys then your to your home